Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 195 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. I can actually hardly believe that we are rapidly approaching 200 episodes. That seems actually just kind of wild, but that is the truth. That is where we're heading. So that's exciting. We'll have to think of something fun to do for episode 200. But in the meantime, today we are going to talk all about what to do with that mean inner voice, particularly when it's keeping us from doing something that we want. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self kindness. We'll look at the ways self kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. all about the mean inner voice today. And before we dive into that, I actually want to make a little announcement. So some of you may know that over the last little while, I have been studying to become a counsellor. And my background is actually in behavioural science. That was the, the first degree that I did. And so I've always kind of woven psychological mind-based tools into the work that I did. But one thing that I found was that I really wanted to be able to work with people more clearly and comprehensively on that kind of mind-body intersection or overlap or intertwining. And in order to do that, I wanted some more formal qualifications for working kind of more as a mental health therapist with other people. And so that is where I have finally landed. So as of now, as this episode is dropping, I am actually taking bookings for one-on-one counseling clients. And my method of counseling is very much centered on the human in front of me. And using those body-based tools, those nervous system tools that we talk about here and that I do um, work with people inside the self-kind hub with, infusing them and intertwining them with talk-based therapy so that it becomes like a whole human approach to therapy. So I am really, really excited about this and I'm really looking forward to opening the doors to bookings. They are open now. I'm going to pop the link to do bookings in the show notes. Um, There's also a link there for booking in just for like one-on-one check-in to sort of like see if you feel like we'd be a good fit. Uh, It's called a good fit call. And it's just a 15-minute call where we jump on together, have a little chat about, you know, what it is that is going on for you and whether we would be a good fit to work together. So I'll pop that link in there as well. The tools that we work with in counselling sessions are also the tools that I will be sharing inside the Self-Kind Hub. So the Self-Kind Hub is my online portal, um, my online membership, where it's more of a DIY option. So we have loads of movement classes in there, masterclasses that touches upon things like nervous system regulation, vagus nerve, um, as well as more physical-based things like posture and foot health, all that sort of stuff. And over the coming months, more and more counselling-based mental health tools will be added to that platform. So if you're like, love it, want the DIY version, then the Self-Kind Hub might be for you. And I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. All right, on with today's episode. So I want to talk about the mean inner voice or your kind of like inner critic we probably all have one of these, I would have think. Um, I know I certainly do. And a lot of my work around self-kindness really stemmed from that need to find a way 
to do something about that mean inner voice. Because I know that for myself, that mean inner voice was just deeply, deeply cruel for a long, long time. And that cruel voice, that voice that kind of reminded me that I was never measuring up, never doing a good enough job, it kept me from doing the things that were really important to me. And one of those things was looking after myself. That mean inner voice can tell us that we're not worth it, right? That we're not worthy of the time that it takes away from other people and other responsibilities in order to look after our own needs or look after ourselves. And so, that might kind of come up as like self-criticism, self-doubt, um, feeling like you're kind of sabotaging yourself all the time, moving towards something that you want and then kind of finding that you're not doing it. It might feel cruel. It might feel uh, protective even, like kind of like, uh, you know, an overprotective parent. And it could well be that it is internalized messaging from somewhere else, right? But like I said, there's a very good chance that that mean in a voice either makes it hard to do the things that you want or keeps you from doing them at all. So like I mentioned, I let mine stop me from looking after myself for a very, very long time because that voice would tell me that I wasn't worth it, that I wasn't hadn't earned it yet, right? I hadn't done enough yet in order to look after myself or that I wasn't as important as the other people for whom I was kind of putting myself on the line for. And so if we want to actually move towards the things that we want, whether it's a more palatable and positive relationship with self-care, whether it's moving in towards doing something that's really important to us, like, you know, a business or a relationship or whatever else, then we need to have a way of kind of meeting that mean inner voice, that mean inner critic and moving forward or moving somewhere despite that voice. So I want to give you a few tangible tips for like what we can do, because it's not enough just to meet it with positivity. It's not enough to kind of just like try to counter what that mean in a voice is saying. There's a few more kind of nuanced steps to it. So one of the things that I want to say first before we dive into these tips is that I want to make it really clear that our goal isn't necessarily, excuse me, my voice just disappeared. Our goal isn't necessarily to make that voice go away. It's not even necessarily to change what it's saying. That probably, if we sort of make that our goal, will feel like a very futile pursuit because we'll be like, oh, I keep replacing the thoughts and replacing the thoughts and replacing the thoughts, but the mean inner voice keeps coming back. So the first step is actually that we want to listen to that voice. A lot of the things that we do, we do as a way of drowning out or distracting ourselves from that mean in a dialogue. So we might um, sort of feel a certain way and then use our exercise practices or our social media scrolling or our whatever to kind of distract us from the meanness that's going on in our head. And I think it's really important to actually pause for long enough to give it a little bit of airtime so we can actually hear what it is that it's saying. This is twofold because one of the reasons we want to give it some airtime is because oftentimes we are aware that it's maybe not so nice, but we haven't actually heard it. The thing is, 
whether you are consciously tuning into that voice or not, your brain is picking up the message. And what we know is that our brain, our nervous system is constantly scanning our environment for threat. And our environment is not just the stuff outside of us, it's the stuff inside of us as well. And so our thoughts are actually impacting how our physiology will respond um, to what is going on. And so if we're constantly kind of meeting ourselves with this language that is threatening and cruel and unkind, our nervous system knows. And so we want to be able to give ourselves a minute to be like, hey, what is actually being said here? Like, what am I actually telling myself? And in doing that, we might be able to even understand the utility of that negative sort of self-talk. Because chances are it's there to protect you. It's there to keep you safe or keep you where you are, right? Because change is tricky. Change is challenging. Change is new. Change is unpredictable. And so if we have this very clever brain just going like, it would be good just to survive, it would be good just to stay safe, then keeping us where we are, where it's predictable is very safe as far as, you know, these things go. And so it actually can be useful to understand like, oh, what are those thoughts saying? So as an example, It might be, we're going to use the self-care example because I think it's a really universal one. Oh, when I really tune into that thinking, what I'm noticing is that I'm telling myself that I haven't worked hard enough yet to look after myself. Or what I'm telling myself is that, you know, Sally down the road is suffering harder than me. And so it's not okay for me to take time to rest. Or what I might hear is that, um, you know, I never see anyone else looking after themselves the way that I desire to look after me. And so, you know, I, I, the, the voice is telling me I'm selfish. And so we can kind of start to, to sense, okay, I'm feeling guilty or I'm feeling um, like I haven't, you know, I don't deserve this. And that can be really helpful because it helps us to understand the belief that might be driving that thought. And um, I won't dive into that now because that was actually last week's podcast episode, so I'll link that in the show notes. But those beliefs are really can be really helpful to understand because once we start to understand what's driving that subconscious thinking, then we can kind of decide that we want to make a new story. We might be like, yeah, you know, so-and-so down the road is suffering harder than me right now. That doesn't take away from my need to care for myself. And that's the story I want to believe, not the one that tells me that I'm not worth it, Right. So we can start to rewrite that story, but we might also start to recognize that there's something there that feels protective, something there that, like I said, kind of is trying to keep us where we are, not because we don't value growth, not because growth isn't helpful and important and part of the human experience, but because staying where we are is known and, you know, what is known is kind of safe. And then when we can listen to that, when we can hear perhaps the fear or um, the concern or the lack of self-worth, when we get to a couple of steps down the line, we're able to meet it with more compassion because we kind of like can feel into it a little bit more clearly. It's like, oh, I see that there's a a fear there um, or there's a sense of not enoughness there. And as we work with that capacity that we have to meet ourselves with compassion, to meet ourselves with kindness, kind of being able to go, oh, 
I see we're scared right now. That can be really helpful in, you know, actually doing that meeting with compassion step. So once we have taken some time to give it like a little bit of airtime, it can be really valuable to acknowledge it and to be like, you know, I kind of alluded to this already, but kind of being like, oh, I hear that. I hear that there's a fear there. I hear that this feels hard or I acknowledge that in this moment I am scared or I acknowledge that in this moment I feel selfish or guilty or whatever. So not only are we kind of like giving it some airtime, we're then kind of like giving it some words and we're sort of uh, allowing ourselves to acknowledge how we actually feel rather than just trying to make that feeling disappear. We start to feel what it feels like in our body to experience that. And that can be really helpful because then we also can know you know, how to meet ourselves when we've experienced those feelings in other moments as well. And then the third step, which again, I've already alluded to, is to meet ourselves with kindness and compassion. There's a practice that uh, Kristen Neff, who is um, a researcher who's written quite a lot of books around self-compassion, she, and I'll link something in the show notes so you can go check her out. She's wonderful. Um, There's a practice that she talks about. I haven't written it down precisely, but I'll give you the flavor of it. And um, it's really helpful. And it's this ability to kind of like meet ourselves with a statement like, I'm experiencing a moment of fill in the blank and I'm choosing to meet myself with compassion here. So it might be something like, I am experiencing a moment of suffering. I am experiencing a moment of guilt. I am experiencing a moment of not feeling worthy. And in this moment of suffering, guilt, not feeling worthy, I still choose to meet myself with compassion. And so we can actually have a conversation with ourselves, right? We can actually kind of give voice to what we're feeling rather than just trying to push it away, rather than trying to meet it and be like, oh, well, I know I'm worthy, right? It's not actually changing anything when we just sort of layer another thing on top and we don't necessarily believe it. Now, that's not to say that there's never any room for that or there's never any, you know, um, point in doing that. Of course, it's never kind of that clear cut, but just ignoring it, trying to push it away, trying to transmute it from one thing to another without examining it doesn't always work. And so being able to give it a voice, give it words, and then meet ourselves in compassion in the midst of that, it helps us to get a little bit more comfortable with our very human feelings of like being uncomfortable. (laughs) And we hear this sometimes, right? This idea of getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's still uncomfortable. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable, sorry, being comfortable with being uncomfortable is uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that the discomfort lessens. It just means that we kind of expand around a little bit. We give it more space. We know that in that moment of discomfort and suffering, we are still, you know, worthy of care and love and time and like we'll be okay. Yeah. And then the fourth step that I've put down in my notes is to do a small thing that either moves you in the direction that you've been trying to move, but that voice has been kind of holding you back or something that feels nurturing to your nervous system, to your body, to your mind. So that could be if we, we go back to that, that example of um, 
yourself, sorry, your mean inner voice has been keeping you from your self-care, right? You haven't felt worth it. You haven't felt like you've earned it. You haven't felt like you've suffered enough yet. Um, And I kind of do that little smirky smile there because that's absolutely how I used to feel. And it still pops up for me, right? Um, So like we say every week, this is ongoing work. But if it's been keeping you from that movement practice or from rest or from doing something that helps you to kind of like top yourself back up, do a small thing that moves you in that direction. So you've acknowledged how you're feeling. You've sort of met yourself with that compassion, that kindness, and then you do a thing, right? You do the thing that helps you move towards more evidence of what it is that is available for you. I touched on this quite a bit last week as well. So if you haven't listened to episode 194, um, I feel like these go together really well. So um, head over and, you know, listen to that one after you've finished up with this one. Or it might be that you, you know, don't have any real kind of like specific thing that you were trying to move towards, but you do want to, you know, meet yourself with something that helps you to feel more regulated, um, more processed, right? Like you've kind of processed that um, or more connected to yourself. And so that's where we could bring in a tool like breathing, pausing, taking a slow breath in through your nose, taking an even slower breath out through your nose. That's where we could stand up and shake, like give our arms a good shake, give our legs a good shake, kind of wibble wobble all over the place. We could put on a song and dance for three minutes. We could go for a walk. We could do some yoga. We could do, you know, any any movement of choice. But we meet ourselves with a practice and it could be 30 seconds, it could be 30 minutes, it could be anywhere in between that helps us to feel like we are nurturing ourselves, regulating, um, processing and kind of like allowing that because what we've done, right, by talking negatively to ourselves is we've most likely initiated a bit of a stress response in our body. And that has to go somewhere, that has to come to a resolution. And so these practices, this ability to kind of move that physiological response, like and let it happen, is really important. What we will find if we're kind of feeling like we're meeting ourselves with that kind of cruel, challenging self-talk over and over again, is that we want to like pepper our day with these practices so that we're kind of allowing that to, we're kind of meeting ourselves in the moment and being like, I have a way to help kind of move this, this experience of internal stress out. And while at the beginning of this episode, I said, you know, the goal isn't to make those thoughts disappear. What you might find is that over time with practice, they do get a little less there, right? They're not there as often, or it's not your default as much of the time. But it does require us to show up with curiosity, with compassion, and with consistency. Your thoughts are something that you can't really control in the sense that things just pop into your head, right? Have you ever had a moment where you're like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Where did that come from? And sometimes they can be deeply uncomfortable. Sometimes they can be rather humorous. And sometimes it's just like, huh, that's a weird thing to be thinking about right now. 
and we realize that we didn't do anything necessarily in the moment to generate that thought. We can then choose where we put our attention. We can choose, you know, whether we like follow that thought down its merry path or if we kind of just let it go on its way. But we can't necessarily control the things that pop into our head. And I think sometimes when people feel like they're, you know, quote unquote, failing at self-compassion and self-kindness is because they're like, well, those thoughts, those mean thoughts keep popping up. They keep coming back. And that's why we have to keep meeting them with kindness and compassion because we might not make them disappear because we actually can't control what's going to pop up in our head. We can control what we do next, though. We can control how we respond. And we get better at that the more that we practice. It's interesting, uh, you know, that, that saying of like, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your response. It's one that we hear, I think, fairly regularly. It certainly pops into my world often. And it can be one of those things that feels a little, what's the right word? Feels a little insulting sometimes because you're like, I can't control myself. I fly off the handle or I um, immediately feel terrible about myself or I immediately feel blah. And so, yes, we can control our responses, but it takes practice to be able to kind of notice that we're having a response that requires us to like then respond to that response because the response might happen very automatically, right? We have um, this, you know, something happens outside of ourselves. We have a thought and the immediate kind of thing is for that to sort of like almost trigger a cascade of uh, things that, you know, sort of like send us off into this response. And we have to relearn that. We have to kind of learn a new way of responding. And so it's the same with our inner voice. If we're so used to that inner voice kind of, you know, shooting its mouth off and us just kind of either trying to ignore it or following it down its path or letting it completely derail our day, we don't just do it once and then be like, oh, I figured this out. We constantly are in this process of practicing, oh, I'm choosing a different response. And it doesn't happen automatically. It does require us to to be present to practicing a new way. And we won't always get it perfect. The goal isn't perfection. It never, ever is. The goal is to, you know, just build up that like self-compassion and self-kindness muscle because that's sort of what it is, right? We're just practicing showing up in a new way. So. I hope that's helpful. I will recap very briefly those four points. Tips for managing your minna, your minna, <laughs> your inner mean voice. One, listen to it. Give it a little bit of airtime so that we're not just constantly trying to mute it or ignore it or distract ourselves from it. Acknowledge it. You can literally talk back and be like, I hear that, you know, I'm, I'm scared right now. Meet yourself in that moment with kindness and compassion. Again, you can talk back and be like, I am having a moment of fear. And in this moment of fear, I'm offering myself compassion. And then do a small thing, whether it be, you know, one small thing that moves you in the direction of the thing that you want, taking a walk, doing the yoga, or doing something that helps you to feel a little bit more um, flexible, um, 
regulated in your state. So shaking, dancing, singing, even, you know, all these practices that you have in your tool belt, breathing and keeping it really simple, celebrating the fact that you showed up in that moment. So let me know how that lands, if it's helpful, if you have questions. And a reminder that if you want support with this, that I am now offering those one-on-one sessions that are going to combine counseling, movement, and these nervous system regulation tools of breathing and um, all that jazz. So if you're curious about, you know, working with me one-on-one, 15-minute free call to see if we are a good fit. Um, You can find more information on my website and I'll pop the link in the show notes. But until next week, I hope you have a good one. Keep meeting yourself with kindness and curiosity and I will talk to you again really soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.